1: This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a roto podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. This week I'm talking with Vince Staffolino, a player who has previously finished in 6th place overall twice in the FFPC and Football Guys Divisional Round Playoff Challenges. In this episode, we break down what to focus on and avoid in formulating your 2021-2022 FFPC Playoff Challenge Divisional Round lineups, what positions he wants for his Pro Football Championship representatives, which ram to target if you want to fade Cooper Cup, and much more. Before we get into the show, I do want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to RotoViz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's R V R A D I O 2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is two time FFPC Football Guys Divisional Round Playoff Challenge, sixth place finisher, Vince Staffolino. Heading into the Fantasy Football Players Championship Divisional Round Playoff Challenge this weekend, we are pleased to be joined on the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown this week by a man who has finished sixth in this competition, sixth overall in this competition not once but twice, a familiar guest both on this program and the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the one, the only, Vince Staffolino. Vince, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule and submitting these playoff lineups to talk a little shop with me, man.
2: Thanks for having me, Eric. Always a pleasure to uh, to speak to you on, on these two podcasts. Happy to be how here. Did,
1: yeah, and it's good to have you. Just curiously, before we get started, how was 2021 overall for you for Fantasy? Was it a good year, an average year, below average year? How was it for you?
2: Uh, a profitable year, but uh, no big wins. So mm. hopefully something happens with the playoff challenge from last week and then hopefully this contest as well. Um, actually uh, had, a, had a really close call with the NFFC cut line, one move away from the 100 k Wishing the wild card bracket winner for 3 k which is nice. But... Um, you know, if i would have played uh, sony michelle over j rob james robinson a couple weeks uh, in, into the playoffs there i would have won it so it's a tough pill you... to swallow as always
1: yeah and that is and that and that stinks i mean it's it's always good to be in that situation where you know um, where where you're one uh, move or two moves away had you seriously considered Michelle over Robinson in, in those two weeks or was it, cause you know, people always talk about, Oh, if I only would have started this guy over this guy, yeah. well, how, how seriously were you looking at starting that guy over that guy? How seriously were you looking at starting Michelle over Robinson? Was it something you, you mulled over for a while?
2: Well, Robinson was playing against the jets, right? A great matchup. And I had been burned by not using Sony and some FFPC teams and I had him on the bench all year and I just couldn't pull the trigger. And I, I really regret that I didn't have the courage to do that. So can I really say that I would have played him? No, but with the injury, it's frustrating, too, because I really only needed 11 points from him, from J-Rob, which is achievable, right, if he plays a whole game. So it is what it is. It is what it is, but it was a
1: profitable year, so now you you have funds to stock up and not only crush it next year, but maybe in the playoff challenge that went off this past weekend, or maybe the divisional challenge. That goes off this weekend, and you've obviously been very close here with this before, finishing sixth overall twice. Is there a secret that you can share? Is there a process, a part of your process, that you don't think a lot of people are doing that that you could share with us tonight? That that maybe um, not a lot of people are doing, or or maybe the reason that you have had the leg up on the competition a few times in this contest.
2: Yeah, you know, Eric, at this level of competition, there really aren't any secrets. I think that the key to my success it has been basically a mix of chalk and then a couple differentiators. And I really try to, to conjure up the narrative that I think is going to happen. And hopefully I nail it and have it play out the way I draw it up.
1: Um, so let's, okay. So let's, let's get into the, to, to, to the nuts and bolts of this. You talk about conjuring up the narrative. Does that mean Vince, before you're submitting lineups, before you're, you know, finalizing everything, are you, putting together a bracket of the NFL playoffs and how you think, and I'll preface this by saying that I talked with Steven Rannigan on this program last week who won the 500 K last year. And I said, well, are you filling out a bracket, you know, and, and, and figuring out, okay, these are the teams I think are going to, you know, win, and these are the teams are going to be in the Super Bowl, And then he'll pick players off that. He said, he doesn't do that. It's, it's all on feel. Is that similar for you where you just go off feel, where you kind of like, okay, I, I think this guy is going to be the player to, to own off this team here because I think they're going to go there? Or do you actually physically fill out a scientific bracket beforehand and then pick players off that?
2: I'll do a, a primary bracket where I really feel like this is how it will play out. And then a couple secondaries, like if not A, then B, right? Um, and I think the feel aspect of it really has to come into play for those um those one-and-done type players, like a Kendrick Bourne from this past weekend. Whoever started him and got 28 and then the Patriots lose. I mean, you can't think of a better scenario if you need all those players that are going to carry you all the way through the Super Bowl. Do you – who were some – like,
1: okay, so I know you filled up multiple entries in the FFPC Playoff Challenge last week. Who who were some of those, you know, quote-unquote dart throws? Who were the Kendrick Bournes? on your roster uh, this past week that maybe aren't moving on but you're happy you had them in there who are who are the wild cards that you chose
2: A couple unfortunately of i didn't play kendrick Bourne. i i had kirk christian kirk in sure and deontay johnson so decent production not up into the 20 point range which would have been awesome but <laughs> uh, 14 i think for deontay and 13 ish for kirk i believe uh, so that's not that's not bad
1: We're going to be playing more than one entry here that are listening to this podcast. Are there certain pitfalls? Are, are there certain um, people, uh, things that, that people play in this contest every year that they, they fall prone to um, that, that really hinder their ability to win the six-figure grand prize? Are there any tips that you can give on, on, on stuff to avoid when you're filling out these lineups?
2: I think that if someone's trying to cover all the bases and, and have every possible combination and pretty much playing too many teams, I think at some point there's diminishing returns, right? I think play a nice amount where you can go with some different scenarios and stick to your, to your narrative. Have some conviction about what you think is going to happen and then try to have a couple of those Kendrick Bourne types that you hit on.
1: When you say that you can play too many teams, is it because you think there's too many similarities? Um, when when you get the, that many rosters,
2: yeah, I think it just becomes mental gymnastics too. You've got an Excel file out and you know all these columns and rows and, and different combinations, and it just it's not fun. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I, I know you guys want to sell. You always sell out, so it's not a problem. And I know you want someone like myself to buy as many teams as possible, but. I'll, I'll share some teams with some folks, um, then also do my own, and I'll try to limit it to a pretty good
3: number.
1: And 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 that's fine. Like you know, and I don't want to make it seem like you have. I mean, I we have been doing so many shows. Um, we always do it on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour at the end of every season. We always talk about bringing on the winners. You know, the teams that that um, you know won five hundred thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or whatever. And the last couple of years, Vincent, and, and I don't know if you've noticed this, it sure seems that we have a lot of single entry, six figure winners. You know? yeah. So obviously, yeah, it's, it's good. If you, if you're going to play in the contest, I always say, well, you know, if you fire multiple bullets at it, it's you obviously have a much better chance of winning, but it seems like we've had some single entry, like the guys who won the um, uh, the football guys players championship this year. Um, not only was, was it uh, their only team this year, but it was one of the owners only team ever that he's ever played in, you know? So it, it, I I don't want to make it seem like you have to own multiple teams, but I think playing multiple teams in this contest opens yourself up to a lot of other possibilities that single entry teams cannot do. Um, you can have like a, a quote unquote chalk lineup. You can have a long shot lineup. You can have a mixture of them. I think it opens up a, a lot of different ways to play this and, and ultimately a lot of different ways to win it when, when you have multiple entries as opposed to a
2: single entry, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And in, in, my mind for the Packers this year, Adams is the way to go, right? So every team that I play is going to have Adams, but then I can do some creative things with other teams, right? I can have some Mahomes teams, some Allen teams, just in case Buffalo gets by Kansas city this week. Um, you know, maybe a borough or two, I, not too confident about that, but yeah, you're right. You definitely need to, to open up possibilities. You know, one, one thing back to the, the uh, winners, the go bills team in the main event, weren't they only four entries?
1: You know, it was weird because it was three guys. It was Don Barani, Nick Costantino and Sean Stutzman who won it. And I think Don might've had like, he might've had some, a couple of entries that were just him or one entry that was just him. And then Nick might've had one. So like, but I think this is the only one that all three of them own together. I could be wrong on that. We had them on the show. in, I want to say like mid November when they were leading the whole thing coming up on the end of the regular season. And they, and they said, I'd have to go back and listen to it. But I do know that, you know, their entries paled in comparison to a lot of other volume players who also did very well in the contest, but ultimately, didn't get to the, the half-million-dollar grand prize. Um, you mentioned Devontae Adams being your Packer this year. Are there any of the other eight teams still alive in the NFL playoffs? Are there any of them that, that you will be going with, I'm, I'm going to go with this player on this team on all my entries, or is it just the Packers with Adams?
2: Cooper Cup, for sure. I know that's so obvious, but I just don't see how you can't plug him in every lineup. And then also AJ Brown, mm. I feel like I feel like they're going to win. I'm pretty confident in that. And then obviously losing, nothing's for sure, right? But I think they'll lose in, in the AFC Championship game. But I just see him uh, being healthy, and I see him having just a high, high target volume. And he is he's good. he's the kind of guy that can win the game for them. And I'm really not sure about Henry. I don't. Know what we're going to get out of him is he rested is he ready to go is he going to be victim of possible negative game script if chase and and higgins have some big plays and they get out in front so i would really just be comfortable with sticking with brown in in every lineup i play for this this contest here in the in the main one no because there's more spots but when it's tightened up and the margins are tighter like this with only eight spots i'm going brown in every one
1: so that's, that's three players, Adams, Cup, Brown, that you said will be on all your teams. And obviously, that takes care of two of your wide receiver positions and one of your flexes. Is That's the core? Those three guys are the core of your building round for every entry? Yes. Interesting. Okay. Well, I want to get back to the Bengals and Titans in a little bit. Before we get there, let's extrapolate this out a little bit and and take me um, to the Pro Football Championship. The AFC versus the NFC, the Super Bowl. Do you have, a, when we get to that point, do you have a preferred position for your two representatives? Um, I know um, there are a lot of people out there um, who would say, well, you want a, a quarterback and a running back, or you want a quarterback and receiver, or a tight end and a quarterback. You know, do you have a preference on the two positions, if you had your druthers, Vince, that you want to be, have going In the Super Bowl this year for this
2: competition? Well, for this year, based on what I kind of already laid out for you, definitely quarterback and receiver. The receiver being Adams and the quarterback. Does that switch from year to year, though? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, sure. Okay. I just, I feel like this is, I know you'll like to hear this, but I feel like this is the year that the Packers get there playing. Oh, that'd be sweet. And and it's Adams, right? And then Mahomes or Allen in that quarterback position.
1: Yeah. So that's interesting. So you could have, so obviously one of those, well, okay. So, so you won't have Rogers, Stafford or Tannehill, obviously. So then it'd be a matter of Adams and Allen or Adams and Mahomes or
2: Brown and what, Brady? That, I think that one probably has the lowest probability. (laughs)
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah. Titans and Bucks Super Bowl baby, it's gonna happen. Um, no, I no, I so I, I totally get where you're uh, coming from there. Um, this competition, you already um, alluded to the differences between the world famous FFPC playoff challenge that includes wildcard weekend, and then obviously the divisional challenge that is um, just the eight teams this weekend. Knowing that it is a tighter lineup, eight versus um, uh, twelve, and knowing that um, there's no kickers and defenses in the divisional round where you do have to figure out your kicker and new defense in the, in the original version of this competition is this year, or uh, beg your pardon, is the divisional challenge harder or easier for you than the actual uh, original one?
2: I think it's definitely harder from the perspective. You don't have as much to differentiate with those four less roster spots. And then you lose that, that variance with the the kickers and the defenses. I think Carlson had what, like 15 points. Is that right? Right. Last week, 15 and some change. So I have in the, in the main FFPC playoff challenge, uh, Carlson on a team, that team's 92nd overall. I played him. I played the Patriots defense. They put up a zero, but you combine those two one and done type positions that you want to get out of the way. Now, they're seven and a half each. So I'll take that going into this divisional round being, uh, what, like 17 points back from the leader, right. With, with exactly. eight players, right. With eight players in the positions all still going for me. I think that's a good spot to be in.
1: It definitely is. Uh, no question. Let's talk about some of the players in both competitions. Uh, uh Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, they did the heavy lifting for the Niners against the Cowboys last week. Um, Would you rather play one of those guys in this divisional playoff challenge? Samuel has been among the best receivers in pro football all year, as far as fantasy goes. Elijah Mitchell, who's really come on here. Or would you rather go with George Kittle, knowing two things, um, that when George Kittle is healthy, he is one of the best tight ends in the game, and two, the Packers have really struggled um, uh, on shutting down or at least even slowing down tight ends this year. Samuel, Mitchell, Kittle, what do you think about the Niners, Vince?
2: I really never get Kittle right. Uh, he's so frustrating to me. I know his numbers look great and his overall positional ranking looks great, but it seems like I don't know which weeks he's going to go off and do well. Uh, with that being said, great point about the Packers' struggles with the tight end. But for me, it's going to be Debo. I just feel like it's, um, it's a better setup for him. And just in general, I'm excited about him because he seems like he's turned that injury corner. Remember when Keenan Allen years ago seemed to be injury prone and then he just stayed healthy and just produced and just has become phenomenal. I think that's where Debo is now. And he's even doing it with carrying the ball so much out of the backfield, which is kind of scary. But, uh, yeah, I would I'm going to avoid Kittle case I mean maybe one or two lineups just to be sure but uh, Debo definitely for me this week I I
1: know I wanted to um, to focus on the um, divisional playoff challenge with you here Vince but you're obviously a a seasoned season-long player here and and I do want to get into just if we can go inside the Staffelino crystal ball here just for a minute and look ahead to 2022 drafts which by the way um, we'll be starting in five days here at myffpc.com. You'll be able to start drafting uh, for 2022 starting then. I do want to bring this up. Debo Samuel, you were talking about him and, and how much you love him in this challenge. He went off this past year in the main event um, and the final weekend, wide receiver 36 in the seven, at the 708 spot, according to uh, fantasymojo.com. Darren Armani he does a great job with that. Where do you think he goes in 2022 knowing he was, you know, essentially a top five receiver on a points per game basis when he was healthy. He's not a first rounder, but where does he go, Vince?
2: I would say at this point, late second, maybe in the, you know, 20, 22 range overall. Uh, I don't see him slipping past three, one, three, two. And I think you have to take him there. If this is, if this is really, the new Debo or, or Debo settling into who he's going to be, he's going to have a nice four or five year run producing like this. So it's finding the next Debo in the seventh or the eighth round next year. That's gonna yeah. be obviously what we're all trying to do every year.
1: Can't wait to see all those uh, teams that that get the 101 pick and go Jonathan Taylor, Debo Samuel with their first two picks, and yeah. the 101 <laughs> and the 212. Uh, Ah, that's what we love about fantasy football is this thing gets flipped on its ear, on its ear every single year. Uh, Fun stuff to talk about.
2: I can't tell you how many times I've just been driving in the car or, or sitting, staring off into the distance thinking, why didn't I just take Taylor in every back end (laughs) draft back end of the first round draft? Why did I remember
1: when he started slipping too? like towards like the last few weeks of draft season, he was slipping to like sometimes the mid second. And and there wasn't really any good reason for for that, and 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 people who were taking them there just were cleaning up, and there was and and this year too. I mean, like you think about the, you know, we always talk about league winners. Think about all the league winners there were this year. Um, you know, uh, Taylor we just talked about Mark Andrews, who was not even like you know like the, he was like the fourth tight end off the board. You could have had him, you know, no matter where you drafted from. Debo Samuel, uh, Cooper Cup who was like, you know, whatever he was, like a fourth round pick. Fourth round. I'm, I'm on Ross St. Brown. You know, it, it's, it's, it was just an embarrassment of like, and, and it's so funny too because we I, I talk with people like you who I, I believe are the experts of fantasy football, guys that are putting up and, and women that are putting up serious money of their own cash to, to play at the highest level. and And even those people get it wrong from from year to year myself included you know how how did we let all these guys slip and it happens yeah. year after year to, and i'll make a hot take right now it's going to happen again next year too we're going to whiff on some of these guys we're going to draft sure. guys where they shouldn't be going we're uh, we're going to take advantage of of guys you know slipping it's 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 so crazy to think about um from from year to year on that and i, I think it's so i mean uh hunter renfro and Amin Ra st brown these guys were afterthoughts this year, and people are going to be clawing, you know, each other to try to climb up draft boards to make sure they get them before anybody else does. Right? For
2: sure. Um, you know, it, oh. it's um, it's it's something that uh, is fun. It's fun to look back. Uh, you don't see it when you're going through it, and I always think about the Brad Evans show in series, Fade the Noise. Right? Yeah. You all need to fade the noise. I listen to you, you and Farrell every Friday night. I listen to to other podcasts that I enjoy and. And I'm taking in all this information, and it does create this internal noise in your head, and you've got to fade it out and look at reality, look at your gut, look at data, whatever. And it's not easy. This is not a perfect science for sure, but I do love it.
1: Yeah, and even like when I'm building up the the content for these shows, not to get you know meta here or whatever, but but when I'm like, I will bring up stuff that sometimes I don't think, I don't believe in, but mm-hmm. I think it's worth bringing up. Cause I think it's worth discussing. And even, and this is something I've learned over the years too. And it's something that really hindered me and it might help people in the divisional playoff challenge too, since this is kind of a one-off contest where you submit your lineup and then that's it. Um, the, my first few years playing high stakes fantasy football, I was so arrogant that um, I would only look for people who I would only listen to people who already couldn't like confirmation bias, right? Like I, I already, I had thoughts on certain players and strategies and I tuned you out. If you disagreed with me and, and if you didn't have the same thought process as me, I, I had no use for you. I wasn't going to learn anything from you. I just tuned. And now I feel like over the last, you know, 10 years, nine or 10 years, I feel like the people that um, disagree with me in in my thought process or the people that I disagree with Vince, those are the people I want to listen to more. Those are the people I want to read about more because I already know why I think what I think now I want to figure out the opposing view, right. And try and then really fleshing it out and trying to find out, well, what is going to be best for fantasy football? Um, and, and I don't want to live in my own echo chamber anymore. And I feel like I've been more successful since I've gotten out of that.
2: Yeah. You've just described becoming a mature player using wisdom and, and counterpoints versus being arrogant. And no, it only took
1: a decade and a half. That, that's all it took <laughs> for
2: me. Instead of, going, instead of going out and looking to validate your thoughts with content, you're using that content to be more analytical and to question what you've been thinking from uh, Tuesday to Thursday, right?
3: So Yes.
1: No, it, and that's and that's good to bring up because I think it's something that we all need to hear from time to time. Even when we believe it, we need to be reminded of it. Um, you kind of, like, getting back to the player analysis of this competition, you, you already alluded to Cup is your Rams player um, uh, on, on your lineups. Did Cam Akers, did Odell Beckham, did, did you seriously consider them in anything, or is the upside with Cooper Cup just simply too powerful to deny?
2: This year, definitely too powerful to deny. A special year. And you know, when I was thinking about Beckham, I thought, well, it could be Van Jefferson. It could be Higby, It could be a Sony game. And I felt like no matter what happens with those players I just named, Cup is going to have his The range of outcomes, maybe 15 points to 32 points, right? I'll take that. I'll just take yeah. that and move on to the next spot.
1: We talked about the Titans and the Bengals earlier. I think as far as um, being an NFL fan goes, this might be the matchup I'm least excited about. But, but it's also exciting building lineups for this contest for people um, who are participating because I, I, I think that there is, a, and I said this about the, the original playoff challenge too, so many different ways to go. Burrow, Mixon, Boyd, Chase, Higgins, even uh, Uzuma, who had, had a pretty good game yeah. uh, in the <clears throat> wild card game. There's a lot of different ways you can go with the Bengals here, Vince. Is this one of the teams that you're diversifying here and, and trying to take your hand at, at, at several different Cincinnati players?
2: For sure. Absolutely. And I think the the best approach or the approach for me, at least, is to go chase on 50 percent of my teams and then kind of scale it down from there. 30 percent Mixon, 20 percent Higgins. I would I would say Uzuma is uh, maybe one of those extreme um, differentiators for this week, but I just I can't see doing that. So I'd say half Mixon. Or I'm sorry, half chase and then mixing and then some Higgins.
1: Vince, just just as an aside here, because I think there's a correlation here that we'll get into. Are you a college basketball fan? Do you follow the March Madness tournament, the men's basketball tournament in March?
2: You know what? I used to, but um, having a busy career and a now six-year-old son, um, especially at my old age of 50, I only have the bandwidth for NFL and fantasy. Okay, all right. I'm really not even watching college football. I catch up on all the rookies and everything. Right before we have our our rookie drafts and getting ready right for the combine and all that, so can't so say that I watch that.
1: And, and that's totally fine. I'm just kind of curious when you did follow it back in the day. Did were you filling out like you know a ton of brackets for office pools and so
2: on and so forth? Oh, absolutely. Yep. that was something so, I look forward to every year.
1: And, and so when you did, you filled out multiples, right? It wasn't just you didn't have a bracket of integrity or anything like that.
2: Um. When I got older, maybe into my 20s, yes. But back in the uh, in the 80s, we only did one bracket. Okay. All so right. All you had was one sheet. So,
1: so, so when you are see, I'm just thinking when you are talking about your Bengals here, where you're having, you know, 50% Chase and 20, 25%, whatever it was with Mixon and then some Higgins. Do you, do you find like, is there a correlation here between how you would fill out an NCAA bracket where you have, okay, well, I'm going to have, you know, Third, twenty-five percent uh, of my brackets, I'm going to have Duke in the championship game. Fifty uh, percent of my brackets, I'm going to have Kentucky in the final four. Is there a little correlation as far as game theory goes in filling For sure. out in NCAA brackets? It's a competition like this.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Especially like I said before, if you're sticking with that that narrative that you believe in and your core players, then that's where you. And if you're pretty confident, Cincinnati is going to lose too. What's right, going to happen right. in that game? Is it going to be possibly that Higgins game? And everybody was on Chase, right? Huge difference maker. Good. Um.
1: Okay, so so I don't know if if we already answered this question. When we talked about the Bengals, but if you're trying to win 100 grand in this, what's the what's the team you got to get right? What's the toughest team for you to figure out here of, of getting the right player on?
2: I alluded to it early earlier and that's Tennessee. I, you know, they've had a week off. <clears throat> excuse me. And I don't believe they're a true number 1 seed. Yeah. I just don't feel that about them. I I felt like, you know, pretender maybe is a strong word because these these men are out there busting their humps and their coach is just so solid and they're there. They achieved it, but I don't trust them. And Henry going back to that too. Is he back? Is game script going to be negative? Is Foreman still going to have a role? He's looked great. He's been he's been really exciting to watch this year. Him taking over a couple games, going over 100 yards, getting an end zone a time or two. So that's just such a tough one for me. That's why I feel like A.J. Brown, alpha receiver, looking pretty healthy and strong lately. Just lock him in and move on.
1: This is another 2022 question. um, Now that you brought up Foreman, it used to be if you tore your Achilles, that was it for your NFL career. Deontay Foreman tore his Achilles and he's showing that he still got juice. And in fact, when Henry was hurt, he looked like the best running back in that Tennessee backfield. Does that give you more of uh, a willingness? now that you've seen cam Akers come back from this injury this season yet. And, and again, 40-yard catch the other night looked pretty good. Um, did. Does that give you more of, of a feeling like, you know what, I can kind of select Cam Akers in the early rounds next year because of what I'm seeing here and what I'm seeing that Foreman already accomplished with a similar injury?
2: For sure. Uh, for the right value, especially in early drafts, if I was doing a draft in April, I'm looking for Acres at a value. But, yeah, he did look great. He looked quick. I think about James Robinson, too. Same injury. Where is he going to be when, when, when the later drafts roll around? What's going to be happening in, happening in Jacksonville with uh, the new regime and Travis Etienne? So, yeah, the injury isn't what it used to be, it seems like. And that's great for these guys that uh, can still have a career after suffering something that was once so devastating.
1: Can you tell – final question for you uh, tonight here, Vince, as, as you've been very gracious with your time. I certainly appreciate it. Can you tell me one player in, in the divisional uh, challenge that you think is going to be over a guy you're going to stay away from? Maybe Derrick Henry, as you already said. Um, And then uh, a sleeper that you think not a lot of people will have that really could help uh, players uh, win that $100,000 grand prize in the playoff challenge, too, from the FFPC this season, man.
2: I would put uh, Henry at uh... – at one B and and Tyree Kill at one A. I think oh, that Tyree Kill, yeah, yeah that the heel. I, I don't know what's going on with that, and it just doesn't seem like he is a big part of the game plan right now. Now watch, I could be totally wrong, and he and he has two uh, long touchdowns next week, but I just I'm not feeling it. It seems like Mahomes is just running a different offense now, and he just doesn't doesn't fit. And there's so much Pringle and Robinson. McCole uh, Hardman, and obviously. Yeah, Hardman too. Yeah, it's just, I'd rather not. So I, I think that the name, the brand value there is going to have him clicked into a many, many, many lineups, hundreds of lineups, but not mine. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's my, my player there. And then, yeah, this is a pretty crazy, crazy, crazy thought, but my sleeper, and is there really a sleeper at this point too, right? We well, you tell team. me. We're about yeah. to find out together here, Vince. Who's Jerry
1: who's McKinnon? Jerry oh, McKinnon. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: well, he looks great, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, he does. He could be the hot hand every year. There seems to be this hot hand running back that pops up, whether it's in week 16 or early in the playoffs, and he could be the guy this year.
1: It always seems like it's a chief too, right? In the regular yeah. season of, you know, this is probably like more than a half decade ago. But remember Jamal Charles on that run that he came on out of nowhere uh, in the championship round in the FFPC. Then, you know, Daryl Williams has had his several moments in the sun. He's almost sunburnt from all the moments he's had in the sun. Damian you know, Williams. Damian Williams also. is another one. That's another yeah. great call. And then now maybe, maybe 2022, the year of McKinnon. We thought it was going to happen in Minnesota. We thought it was going to happen in San Francisco. Nobody thought it was going to happen in Kansas City. So, of course, maybe it'll happen in Kansas City this year. If you do want to compete against Vince Staffolino and the rest of the FFPC guys in the FFPC Playoff Challenge, number two divisional round, make sure you're going to myffpc.com and registering for it there. If this is your first time ever playing with the FFPC, don't go to that website. Go to myffpc.com slash eric. And you'll get $25 off your uh, first entry. So if you want to play in that competition or maybe the football guys playoff challenge too, that's only $35. You can still win $25,000 there. Uh, Instead of paying $35, you only pay $10 for that competition. Uh, So certainly uh, a good chance at life-changing money if you've never played it before. And uh, Vince, if I've learned anything, um, if there is an odds-on favorite this year, to finish in sixth place, and certainly you're at you're at minus two hundred or minus three hundred for that right now. But I wish you, I, I hope, I, I hope you you finish uh, finish off strong this year and you cash a hundred thousand or maybe the five hundred thousand dollars in the uh, playoff challenge you already registered for. It is always a pleasure talking to you. Best of luck to you uh, this season, and we'll do this again real soon.
2: Sounds great, Eric, and uh, I'll see you down in Kentucky.
1: Yeah, in absolutely. Are you, are, are you, uh, you're, you're going to be drafting live again, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. It reminds me, I got to book my hotel and my flight out there. I'm going to do that right after the program uh, this evening. Thank you for reminding me and I will see you in Louisville.
2: Thanks, Eric. Take care.
1: Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a roto podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the roto radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at roto Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to roto at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage,